You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday. I actually have coffee today. But but it's not caffeinated, is it? (laughs) It's not like extra caffeinated or anything like that. But (laughs) it's my favorite coffee. It's still coffee. coffee. It is. It is. It's a a Friday. It's fall. Yeah, it's I know a good it's day. beautiful outside. I actually like Instagrammed our backyard this morning because it was so pretty. <laughs> Such a millennial, and yeah, pretty much what makes it even better. Fantastic guest today for a very important topic. Just absolutely thrilled to get to talk with the Reverend David Fleming here in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a what a fantastic uh, guest today to to dig into a really important topic today. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend David Fleming, his Executive Director for Spiritual Care with Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Pastor Fleming, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Well, it's a joy to be with you again. And it's a delightful day here in Grand Rapids, too. <laughs> well, wonderful, wonderful. It's a, it's just a, a great fall day. Good guest. Coffee. Are you having coffee this morning, too, Pastor Fleming? You know it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. I, Sarah, I didn't ask what coffee you're having this morning. Oh, it's, it's my favorite, Aerorage Ethiopian, of course. Uh-huh. See coffee well, Pastor Fleming, you were recently uh, became the new executive director for spiritual care with doxology. Congratulations on that. Tell us, tell us about doxology and who doxology serves. Sure. So uh, doxology has been around since 2008. Uh, Dr. Harold Sinkbile, he's a pastor, and Dr. Beverly Yonke, a licensed psychologist, uh, formed it to be the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel, which the goal of it was to help pastors be better pastors. So we work with pastors to develop advanced pastoral care skills and the art of the care and cure of souls. And we also work with congregational leaders to help them learn about the care and feeding of pastors, which is a, <laughs> they're an odd group. So, and, uh, and then we, we also meet with pastors and their wives once a year at this uh, delightful, joyful thing called the grand reunion. Although of course with COVID, we didn't get to have that this August, like we usually do. So we're mm-hmm. trying to help pastors, congregations, pastors, families, um, and, uh, you know, carry on the conversation about really caring for souls. Like, you know, Martin Luther's whole thing was uh, to bring a cure and care to troubled souls, anxious souls, which, boy, that's us. That's everybody. Um, And that's what our our church is for, right? To deliver our Lord's gifts to people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What, what difference does it make for a congregation when a pastor has this opportunity to, uh, to learn how to care better for the people in his congregation, for the souls in his congregation? Pastors and their congregations report to me that the pastors are much more confident when it comes to counseling situations. Uh, there's, uh, I re- before I went to doxology back in 2012, 
you know, I could invite someone into my study to listen to them as a pastor and care for them. Uh, but after I went through Doxology's classic program, I, I felt like I actually kind of knew what I was doing. <laughs> um, and uh, at least a little better, I should say. I don't, uh, you know, you're, ne you're never fully there as a pastor, I don't think. But but you you know the, the lay of the land better. So there's a, a confidence and a competence and a, a, a little more ease about the pastor meeting uh, with members. Also, the congregations report their pastors are more joyful in their work. Uh, they, uh, one pastor told me uh, after we've been doing these uh, respite retreats the last couple of weeks just to help pastors during this challenging time. And uh, one of the pastors wrote that he was, after it was over, he was just so incredibly eager to get back to his congregation, get back in the pulpit and to meet people in his study um, where before he was kind of depleted. And so the, the gaining knowledge on how to serve people and also on receiving ourselves so that we have something to give to people um, was very helpful to him and and to many many pastors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would, that was my next question. What um, what difference does it make when a pastor is able to step back and receive this this care for himself and for his family as well? How does that uh, affect or improve that ability to then give to others? If so, Jesus as a branch not connected to the vine can't uh, can't do anything except uh, be thrown into the fire. Um, a, a dry sponge, you can't get anything out of it. So for pastors, you know, we pastors really don't have anything to give. Um, it's our Lord. Our, our Lord's the one who cares for uh, his dear, precious sheep and lambs. So for a pastor to be able to deliver care, he's got to receive care. And so... Uh, every pastor needs a pastor. Every person needs a pastor, uh, someone to care for their soul. So when pastors receive, then they're able to give. Years ago, I, I had a woman in the congregation here in Grand Rapids, where I'm still, by the way, a part-time associate pastor, which is great. Um, uh, her name was Elsa Litwood. She uh, she had been uh, lived in world, in Germany during World War II and was a German. Uh, and when the American troops liberated her little town, uh, she was working at a department store in their kitchen. They didn't have anything, of course. And uh, an American soldier provided her with food to be able to make lots of soup to serve the poor refugees. And uh, she delighted in this and, uh, you know, served it all up that first time. And, and people were so happy. Uh, but uh, she made a little mistake. She served all the soup and... Uh, and the soldier told her as he provided her with food for the next day, said, uh, Elsa, you got to eat the first bowl before you open the window to serve. And uh, pastors have to remember that, too. And, and when they do, then they're then they're able to give. But when they just throw themselves at the giving, uh, it becomes uh, an empty kind of flat thing and uh and, and the congregation, you know, people have radar. They can pick up on this. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. What are common challenges that church workers face uh, when they desire mental health care? 
Yeah, so there used to be a stigma about it. I I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I don't think there's quite the stigma about mental health issues that there used to be. I, I suppose there's still a little bit. Um, I think probably the bigger challenge for church workers is, you know, finding the right person to go to. Um, Concordia Plants has been outstanding in providing help and support this way. I'm so proud, uh, delighted with what they've done. And uh, they've increased their offerings and coverage during this COVID time, which I think is brilliant since some surveys show up to 45% of our church workers have thought of quitting during uh, the pandemic. I mean, that's kind of heartbreaking, mm -hmm. isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, to me, that would be it. Kind of finding the right person would be probably the biggest hurdle. Um, I mean, maybe finances too. In our congregation, we have a little fun to help people make it to a counselor. Um, but I, I don't know. What do you think about the stigma? Is that still around? I think that the stigma certainly has reduced uh, over the last few years. But I think, especially for pastors, in their own minds, there's a perceived uh, stigma. They, they, they may feel that um, it's a sign of weakness if a pastor seeks help for mental health. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I, you know, I, I, I've certainly heard that. Um, and it, you know, it kind of, it's sad, right? Because, of, of, you know, mm -hmm. we, we live under this uh, idealized view of what pastors ought to be like. And of course, Satan is the idealist. The Holy Spirit is a realist. I mean, look at the scriptures. It's all over the place, right? Um, you know, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. I mean, it, the, there's all these Psalms of lament. Uh, you know, the scriptures know about the real challenges of mental health and uh, spiritual health. And to, to make it that pastors would not ever suffer these things or teachers or TCEs or deaconesses or um, cantors or whatever, well, that's just uh, pretty naive, isn't it? I mean, what, they get diabetes, don't they? And they get uh, heart trouble and and uh, other illnesses. So why wouldn't we help them with mental health as well? Mm -hmm. When you, talking about the Psalms brought something up in my head. So often, you know, we confess our sins every Sunday, and and uh, we as Lutherans, I think, um, are. I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but talking about the fact that we're sinners um, and receiving care for that. But there's this flip side of talking about uh, care for the soul in, in the mental health kind of realm, that it seems still to be a different thing, that if my my brain is sick or if my brain needs help, that's a that that tends to have a different stigma than confessing our, our guilt of things that we have done. Does that make sense? It does, I think. I think there's some things congregations can do and pastors can do to help take that stigma away. First is uh, is to include mental health issues in the prayers of the church. Um, so include people that are fighting depression and anxiety, the kind of normal uh, mental health challenges in our society. Um, and uh, and so I think it's a it's really perceptive of you to bring up the forgiveness of sin or the confession of sins, Sarah, in this context. Because to me, uh, 
the way I like to look at the confession of sins that we do together is it's uh, and excuse this, it's, it's putting down the masks, not the COVID masks. I don't mean, but the, but the, <laughs> but the you know, the, the kind of the, 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 the hypocrite mask, the fake mm. uh, persona of who I am, mm. you know, so much in life, come on, every job interview, you don't tell people your faults and, and put down the mask. You, you pump yourself up with being the best you could possibly be and all that. And we, and we play this game all the time. Pastors sometimes cook the numbers at their congregation to make themselves look better because they think they have to. Um, I love that when we confess our sins together, we all put down our masks and we really kind of announced to the world we're disaster areas, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, wow, it's the one place on earth you could be honest. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and how do we react to that, right? I, um, well, the, the pastor forgives us. Christ forgives us through the pastor. Um, we're cleansed. And, and I don't know, with some time when you're confessing your sins in that general confession, listen, right? I, everybody's doing it with you. We're, so uh, when we start to see it that way, that we're putting down the mask, we're being real sinners with real problems, then our conversation can be more honest with one another. Um, I think it, it's helpful to people to put the mask down in our conversations with members and talk about with what we struggle with. I, and my experience is when we talk about what we struggle with, what we find we're certainly not alone. And a lot of other people then are given permission to talk about the challenges they're up against too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bon Hafer talks about this, right? Having a real church where we have real sinners that are really Amen. open. Yeah. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. We're talking with Reverend Dr. David Fleming, Executive Director for Spiritual Care with Doxology. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Cross Defense is the show where we talk about curious topics to excite the imagination, equip the mind, and comfort the soul with God's Word. Join me, Pastor Tyrell Bramwell, every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio, or anytime on KFUO.org, or even your favorite podcast app. My friends, our foe is a fierce enemy. Our only defense is Christ on the cross. Are the terms Lutheran and Catholic incompatible? Were the earliest Lutherans starting something new? And why did the 16th century reformers begin the Book of Concord with the Apostles, Nicene, and Athanasian creeds? Friday on Issues Etc. will continue our Lutheran Confession series with Pastor Paul McCain of Concordia Publishing House. Issues Etc. live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Join Christian Friends of New Americans for their golf benefit at Greenbrier Hills Country Club, Monday, October 12th. Registration and box lunch at 11 a.m., 18-hole shotgun start at 12 noon. Special price for ladies and church workers. Register at cfna-stl.org slash golf. Not a golfer? Register for our 5 p.m. hospitality hour. Please help us reach out to refugees and immigrants with the good news of Jesus as we help them with English and life skills. Register for golf or a sponsorship. cfna-stl.org slash golf. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. 
I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with the Reverend David Fleming. He's executive director for spiritual care with Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel, talking about mental health and well-being and pastors, church workers. Before we went to break, we were talking about some of the uh, the myths and misconceptions about caring for uh, for our pastors and and their mental health. How important is it for church workers and everyone really to take time for spiritual and mental health care, Pastor? Well, it's critical, isn't it? I, if, um, you know, unless we're well, uh, it's hard to serve our neighbor in love. Uh, so to take to to receive care for ourselves is is vital. Uh, so I. Every pastor needs a pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor, um, and uh, um, and it's when we're struggling with uh, life being flat, or a lack of enjoyment in things, or our, our sleep for a long time has been uh, not going the way it normally would. I mean, kind of all the normal signs of depression or that we're our minds racing all the time and we just can't uh, uh, get rid of our anxiety. You know, seeing a mental health professional makes a ton of sense. I mean, the, these people are really gifted. They have uh, good tools to screen kind of what's going on. Um, and I, I like to think that, you know, we could all use a few more relational tools in our relationship toolbox. Uh, and we all have a pattern that we learned in our families on how to handle conflict, for example, or uh, how to interact with each other. And those are probably pretty useful tools in some circumstance, but they're not, you know, if every, if all you have is a hammer, then every problem's a nail. So we need, we need some more tools in our toolbox. And I, I love going to counselors because they, they, they teach you new tools for your toolbox, you know? Um, and uh, so, yeah, to take care of ourselves that way is to be able to better love and serve our neighbor, which but that's what God called us to do. Mm -hmm. Before we went to break, you were, you were talking about uh, being real sinners with real problems and, and being more open about those things and, and taking that opportunity to talk to people about uh, what what's actually not the social media version of our lives, but what's actually going on in our lives. What are some uh, some misconceptions or um, or things that the people may may think uh, are 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 things that aren't maybe true about receiving counseling or or receiving therapy? Yeah, um, I suppose people uh, think that that's it's only for uh, the severely mentally ill, you know, the schizophrenic or um, those with the severe bipolar or something. Um, you know, actually, it's uh, I think, you know, I honestly think we'd all benefit from sitting down with I know I've I've benefited from learning from Dr. Yonke uh, and giving her us all some helpful tools on organizing our life and the wonderful insights of positive psychology. Some of them uh, have been very helpful to help us stop the, the self-destructive thinking that we tend to do. I don't know. Uh, you know, when you look in the mirror, what do you say to yourself? 
right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, that can be pretty negative. I, <laughs> I remember uh, years ago when somebody asked me this question, I realized when I looked in the mirror, I'd go, you fat, lazy slob. I mean, I was saying that to myself over and over again. And I'm like, you know, that's probably not very helpful. <laughs> um, I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't let anybody talk to me that way without, you know, being upset or let somebody else or let me talk to somebody else that way but so why would i talk to myself that way right and uh, you know so good to analyze these things and and uh, be guided through it but what misconceptions i don't i, I suppose that uh, this is all kind of shrinks and they're all going to go back to your childhood and uh, you know <laughs> and figure out that everything is freudian and all that now you know happily that kind of stuff you know, stay away from that. If they say they're Freudian, don't get there. I, you know, the best counselors, the best psychologists are, um, uh, are, uh, uh, behavioral therapists. Um, so cognitive behavioral, uh, therapy is, is outstanding and dialectical behavior therapy is excellent. Also, you know, you, you kind of want to look for those as opposed to those who are going to do some kind of Freudian nonsense on you. You mentioned earlier Dr. Yonke being a, a, a licensed um, mental health care professional and, and, and you're a pastor. Where is that um, where is that overlap and what's the uh, I guess the the boundaries of the scope of licensed mental health care professional and a pastor? And how do I know when to see a mental health care professional and when to see a pastor or if I am a pastor, a fellow uh, pastor um, uh, or uh, uh, father confessor. Yeah. So first of all, everybody needs a father confessor or pastor that everybody does that needs that. So that's just something. And I'll tell you, if you've, if you've never gone to your pastor for private confession and absolution, um, you are missing the biggest treat on earth. I, it is such a relief <laughs> to, to <laughs> say out loud those sins that particularly trouble you, you know, you have to list them all. We're not, that's not how it works. Um, and, Or if you don't have any sin you can think of, that's fine. There's a general confession there. But to hear you you individually absolved is incredibly powerful. It's the enactment of what Jesus did for us. And what a gift. So first, I think everybody ought to go see their pastor for private confession and absolution. Um, uh, And I do think a pastor is probably a great place to start for most people. Kind of sort out what, who needs, what, what do we need? Particularly docs grad pastors are good at asking some kind of key quotes. Uh, what needs to be done and if a referral needs to be given to a psychologist or other mental health care professional. Uh, so the, the pastor's going to deal with the forgiveness of sins, the cure of the soul from uh, uh, sins done against us, uh, the cleansing from shame, which is, I think, a big neglected topic in uh, our society these days. And it, it's very, very important. Our, our, our culture is turning to a shame culture now. That's part of what Facebook is about with its uh, likes or its ranting. It's, it's certainly what Twitter is about um, with uh, the, you know, uh, dissing each other and so forth. Um, and then the, the counselor, the mental health professional, is to, is to deal with that anxiety and uh, depression um, and uh, thought patterns that need to be kind of rewired in us. Now, 
I, when I refer a member, <clears throat> excuse me, when I refer a member to a mental health professional, um, I, I'm not done as their pastor. I'm going to stay in touch. I love it when they let me talk to their mental health care professional to gain some insights. Um, although that's not necessary, but I, I want to keep praying with this person and keep applying the word of God to the challenges they're up against. Uh, Cause these aren't like any other health issues, right? When you get a, when you go to the hospital, right? The pastor used to be able to stop by and pray with you before <laughs> surgery and, and visit you while you're in the hospital, right? Cause we're going to, there's also a spiritual component to these battles. The, the mental health professional can't forgive sins and shouldn't try to deal with forgiveness. Um, that's the pastor's job to deliver the forgiveness of Christ, particularly to the troubled soul. Mm -hmm. There's such a, a, a good space for both of these people. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, with this being Mental Health Awareness Week, people will uh, maybe think about that. Uh, there are so many good resources available. And now, especially because of COVID and, and the fact that we're all at home, there's so many more online resources and, and remote resources for people to access uh, which I think is maybe one of the one of the silver linings of of us all being separated is that there there is there there seems to be more access to these tools for people to to really help with mental health and to to get back past that roadblock of of uh, wanting to reach out. How can we encourage our pastors, our church workers, even our family members to receive this care that is that is needed and necessary by by a lot of people? That's a great question. I think, uh, uh, Sarah and Andy, by being like you are, you're just wonderful, delightful people to be around and uh, to talk with. Um, and, uh, you know, when a wonderful, delightful person who cares for you and, and listens carefully and then says, boy, I hear a lot of pain here. Um, and I, I, I'd like you to feel better and, um, and I, I think, I think you'd really benefit uh, by seeing somebody for a screening. Um, maybe even, maybe start with your doctor too. Um, your, you know, medical doctor. Uh, they, they got some ways to screen for things to, to help refer people. And you know, can I go with you? Could I, mm. could I go with you to, to get this help? Um, uh, you're right. There's a lot more kind of on. Incredible job with a uh, with online counseling available to their church workers. Pretty cool. Our guest today, the Reverend David Fleming, Executive Director for Spiritual Care with Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Pastor Fleming, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Well, you're most welcome. The Lord's richest blessings to you. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anytime, anywhere.